Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Jesus came and when he came, he gave us the power to walk in the grace of God. That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it does mean that any time that we mess up or that we fall, we're under the grace of God and he forgives us and we can continue to walk with him. Because when God looks at us now, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of Jesus that covers us. Instead of seeing our righteousness, he sees the righteousness of his sun that covers us. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. My name is Reverend James Richardson, and this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited to share the word of God with you tonight. We have started a series called The New Man, and so we're going to be sharing part two tonight. I'm going to be sharing part two with you tonight. And so I want you to just uh, sit back and relax, get your Bible out, and then I want you to go on a journey with me tonight as we share in the word of God. Amen. So what we're going to do first is, of course, as always, we want to make sure that we open up in a word of prayer because it is the Holy Spirit who really is the teacher. And so he's going to be the one guiding us tonight as we go through his word. So let's open up in a word of prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you for allowing us to be able to just explore your word, to be able to understand your word, to dig into your word, to, to just uh, study your word. Your word, you said to us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So tonight, Lord, as we explore your word, as we, as we gather around your word, Lord, we ask you to just be with us, God. We ask you to bring everything out that needs to be brought out, God. Even some things that may not be on the paper, God. You bring it out tonight, God, so that we may be enlightened, God, for your glory, God. Because this is what it's about. It's all for the glory of God. So we thank you. We give you the glory. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You are the teacher tonight. And we thank you for having your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, my friends, we have been talking about the new man and our foundational scripture comes from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And it says this, it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given us the ministry of reconciliation. So, my friends, when God called us as new men, as new women, he's calling us for a reason. He didn't just save you. He didn't just call you to himself so that you could just be a Christian and then just live the rest of your rest of your life going through this life, working and doing what you do. And then you, you know, then you transition and you go to heaven. No, he called us to the ministry of reconciliation. So he saved you so that you could reach out to help others to know him. That's what the ministry of reconciliation is, is that I have now allowed God to come into my heart. And now I'm telling others about him. That's what discipleship means. And so we're talking about the new man. We're talking about different people in scripture who God transformed. He transformed their lives drastically. 
And so, as I said, we're not particularly talking about gender and when we say the new man, but we're talking about mankind. So it could be a woman or a man that God is transforming. And so I believe right now God is in the process of transforming men and women so that his name might be glorified. So tonight I want to look at a man whose life was drastically transformed when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. The title, the subject of our, our, our um, sermon tonight will be the road to Damascus, the road to Damascus. And so here in, chap, in uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 1 through 3, it talks about Saul, who was uh, one of the um, Jewish leaders that had been trained in the, in the law of Moses, this Saul. And we want to talk about him tonight. Very interesting man, very, uh, you know, had a very uh, interesting life that he, and things that he went through in his life. And God did some awesome things in his life. But we're talking about the beginning of his life. And so before we jump into that, I want to share with you kind of the background of, of what's happening here. This is after Jesus had been crucified. He died and then he rose and it was resurrected. And after he was resurrected, he went to his, he, he was seen by many, but he went to his disciples specifically and said, listen, I have a mission for you now. You've been trained, you've, you're ready now, and, 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 and I'm, I'm going to be with my father in heaven, but you're going to still be here. And so I have a mission for you. He said, I want you to go and make disciples of all, of all men teaching them about the ways of the Lord. And so he said, and, and, and he, he commissioned them to start his church. This was where the first church was started. And then so after he gave them the mission, he ascended into heaven and the angel said, said to them, he said, listen, the same way that you saw him leave, he's going to come back someday. And so now tend to do the work of the Lord until he comes back. And so the disciples begin to go about in different places in the cities where they were. They begin to go out and they begin to tell other people about Jesus Christ. They begin to reach out to different people and they begin to disciple different people. And the church begin to grow from that point. But then the same Jewish leaders who had crucified Christ, they saw what was happening. They said, what is this? We, we killed Jesus. And now here, here it is. There are, his disciples are out here. And now they're out here preaching Jesus. And so they begin to say, we have to stop this. And so they begin to send people, send other people out to persecute them. And so here it is. This man, Saul, is one of the people that they had commissioned to go out and persecute the followers of the way, to persecute Jesus' disciples. So here in Acts, in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, it says this. It says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea. And Samaria, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. You see, Saul was a zealous Roman and a Jew who believed in the law of Moses, and he followed his religion strictly. Anyone who spoke Anything contrary to the Jewish teaching of the law was persecuted and tortured and sometimes killed. This man Saul believed in God and he thought that he was following the path of God. He, he wore fine robes. He studied 
Uh, he studied the law under what he considered to be wise teachers. Listen to the, this account of his religious education. This is this is Saul's education. It's, it says here in Acts chapter 22, verses three through five, it says, then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, the city of Sicilia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. And his, as his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous, zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. So here it is. This man Saul is out and he is like the, the followers of the way. He is the disciples worst nightmare. If he's out, he's been commissioned by the Jewish council to go out and anybody that is speaking anything against the, the law of Moses and against Against those things, he was he threw them in jail. He dragged them in chains. He threw them in prison. He tortured them. He was out. He was out here persecuting the followers of the way. But see, here's the crazy thing. This this is so interesting. Saul thought he knew God. He thought that he was serving God as a Jew. Jesus' disciples were considered the followers of the way, and Saul was against those who followed Jesus, just like the Jews and the Jewish councils were against Jesus. See, the Jews did not believe that who in Christ, who Christ said he was. They did not believe that he was the Messiah because he didn't. You know, they thought that when the Messiah came, that he was going to come, you know, as this great conqueror and come out and, and come and set them free because they were at the time they were under Roman, you know, Roman. Uh, rule. And so uh, when they were looking for a Messiah to come and rescue them. But here, when Jesus came, he didn't come, you know, uh, he didn't come like a great ruler. He didn't come. He came as a humble servant and he came from a small little town called Nazareth. And so they said, there, there's nothing. This cannot be the Messiah. This man talk, is talking about he's the Messiah and all this kind of stuff, talking about he's the son of God. He's, he's, a, he's committing blasphemy. And so they, they, they begin to plot ways to kill him. And so here's what is happening. The same thing is happening now because the followers of the way Jesus disciples are now going out, representing him, telling everybody about Jesus and telling everybody that Jesus came to set them free. And this is what happened. The Jews in their own power could see the thing about the Jews is this is why we, we needed Jesus. Because the Jews in their own power and the Israelites or the Israelites in their own power could never completely obey the law. And so God knew that we needed Jesus to come. We, so he sent his son, the final sacrifice, the lamb, the final lamb that was sacrificed for the sins of the world. Everybody that was born before him and everybody that would come after him, if, if, they, if they received him, would come under his grace. And so now we, we're living in the dispensation of grace. No, the, Jesus said, I did not come to demolish the law, but he said, I came to fulfill the law. 
So the, the law was not de demolished, but because they were not able to follow it, Jesus came. And when he came, he gave us the power to walk in the grace of God. That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it does mean that any time that we mess up or that we fall, we're under the grace of God and he forgives us and we can continue to walk with him. Because when God looks at us now, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of Jesus that covers us instead of seeing our righteousness. He sees the righteousness of his son that covers us. And so this is why he sent his son, Jesus, so that we could be able to be free to walk in the spirit of God. So here it is. Saul was part of those who persecuted the church. He was he was right there when one of the disciples, Stephen, was being stoned to death. The Bible says Saul was right there and watched everything that happened and approved of it, approved of the stoning of one of Jesus' disciples. Saul was one of those people. He was right there. He might as well have had thrown a rock himself and killed Stephen himself. He watched it happen. So this man was really, a, he was a bad man. He was a murderer, you know? And, and he, was, he was throwing people in jail and persecuting them and torturing them. At this time, in, 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 this, in this time in dispensation, the believers of Christ, the disciples, they were being fed to the lions many times. They were being hung or, you know, or, 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 you know crucified on the cross. They were, they were going through so much persecution. But Saul thought that he knew God. Can you believe that? The whole time he thought he knew God. But Saul, this is what happened. Saul had religion, but he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't know Jesus. He went to church every Sunday, but he didn't know Jesus. You see, my friends, you can be think that you know God. You can go to church every Sunday. You can be serving in the house of the Lord as a singing on the praise team, singing in the choir, teaching Sunday school. I mean, being a, you can be an usher or a hostess. You can be the parking lot attendant. You can be serving in some kind. You can even be the person that carries the pastor's Bible, you know, the armor bearer or something, and still not really know who Jesus is, still not be in a relationship with him. And this is what was going on with our brother Saul. He was one of those people. He was he might have been a, he could be could, could have been a deacon. He could have been an usher. He could have been a teacher. He could have been one that sang on the praise team, but he didn't know who Jesus was. Saul was in church every Sunday, shouting, singing, saying amen to the word, greeting people as they walked in, helping people in the parking lot, carrying the pastor's Bible. But he didn't know who Jesus was. So what happened to this man, Saul? Let's read about it. In Acts chapter 22, it says this, starting with verse 6, it says, As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. He says, I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now listen to what, this is how we know that Saul didn't know Jesus. He said, who are you, Lord? Now this man is a, a Jewish leader. He has been raised under the teachings of the law of Moses. He believes in God, the whole nine yards. But look what he said here. He said, who are you, Lord? Who are you? I asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the Nazarene 
the one who you are persecuting. Because, see, when you persecute the, the, uh, you know, the people that live for God, when you persecute someone that follows God, you're persecuting Jesus. He said, see, Saul thought he was persecuting the followers of the way, but Jesus said, no, 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 you're persecuting me. You're coming against me. You're coming against, against my church. So anytime we speak against or come against or try to do anything negative against the church or against the people that follow God, guess what? You're not doing it against them. You're doing it against the followers of the way. You're doing, you're doing it against Jesus himself. He said, you're the one. He said, I'm the one that you're persecuting. And so he said, the people with me saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked, what should I do, Lord? And he said, and the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus. He said, get up and go into Damascus and there you will be told everything you are to do. And I was blinded by an intense light and I had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law and, and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And that very moment I could see him. Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. So see here, Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus. He confronted him in the middle of his situation. Imagine as a man or woman, you have believed your whole life that you were following God, that you were living your life for God, only to find out that you've been on the wrong path the whole time. My friends, that can happen. You can be in the church, but then you not really the church really in you and not really living an enlightened life. I can tell you myself, there was a time in my own life where I was going to church and I really thought I was following the, the, the path of, of the Lord. But I was just doing works. I was going every Sunday and I was serving and I was doing things, singing and different things like that. But I but my life had not been enlightened. So even I was there on Sundays, but then on Monday through through Saturday, I was living any kind of way. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm just going to be transparent with you. I was at church on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, I was living any kind of way. I was going out. I was hanging out. I was partying. I was doing everything under the sun that you could think of anything that I could think of, anything that I can imagine, I was out there doing it. But then on Sunday, I was right there in church, you know? So I know what it's like to be in church, but not be enlightened, not really know Jesus. You know, I didn't really know him for myself. But at some point in time, God said, okay, my son, it's time for you to, it's time for you to come out of the darkness and come into the light. And I thank God that at that time, the people that were around me that were enlightened, they didn't reject me. They didn't say, look at you out here living in a kind of way. They just continued to keep loving on me. I remember one particular uh, 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 lady that I would see every Sunday. And every time I saw her, she would always tell me, stay with God, young man. Stay with God. Every Sunday when she saw me, she knew I was out there living any kind of way. But she told me, son, stay with God. She said, we love you. Stay with God. And that one word that she had, that she would speak to me, it kept me going. It kept me encouraged because sometimes it takes time. Even though you are in church, it takes time for your life to be transformed. And so by her just continuing to encourage me and other people around me, they had, they had patience with me. 
And so because they had patience with me, I was able to continue on the journey and God began to transform my life. And it's the same thing that he did with Brother Saul. See, even though uh, Saul was this man that was persecuting the church, Jesus saw something in him. You see, he saw something useful. He knew that Saul was a very zealous man. He was a very he was a man that had a uh, he was he was he, he was he had a zeal for God. And he and he was educated. He was educated. He knew the law of Moses. And so God looked at that and said, this man with this zeal and with this education, he said, I can use that for my glory. And so but he had to do something to get him to understand the will, his will for him. And so Jesus wanted to make Saul into a new man, just like today, my friends. The reason I'm telling you this, but just like Saul and just like he did in my life, he wants to make you into a new man, a new woman. So let's see what happened. He, so what happened was uh, Jesus came to Saul right in the middle of his mess. And the crazy thing was Saul was in a mess and he was right in the church, right in a synagogue. Jesus confronted him right in the middle of his mess. God did four things. When he changed Saul's path, he did four. Well, I'm sorry. He did five things when he changed Saul's path path. And I want to share those five things that he did, because those five things that he did for Saul is the same thing that he can do for you. And he's done the same thing in my life and continuing to do that in my life. Five things that he did when he changed Saul's path. The first thing that he did is that he stopped him. Jesus stopped Saul right in his tracks. And so we have to pay attention when God is trying to say, okay, it's time for you to stop. You've been on that road long enough. You've been walking in disobedience long enough. You've been in this bad relationship long enough. You've been doing this thing that is not pleasing to me long enough. It's time for you to stop. Sometimes we don't pay attention to when Jesus is trying to stop us. See, Saul was on his horse and he was riding down the road and he was on his way to Damascus, on the road to Damascus to persecute more Christians, to, to, to arrest them and put them in chains and bring them back to Jerusalem to be tortured. But right on his path, God stopped him. Jesus stopped him and knocked him off the horse and blinded him. And he fell down to the ground and that's when he confronted him. He said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I'm, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And so he stopped him. So we have to pay attention to when Jesus is saying stop. He's trying to give you a divine stop because you could be on the road to destruction. Many of I was on a road to destruction and Jesus stopped me. He said, it's, it's time. Stop. Stop. He's trying to give you a divine stop. He's trying to tell you it's time for you to stop. It's time for you to change paths. It's time for you to go on a new path. But are you paying attention to the stop? That he's trying to do in your life. See, Saul, when God stopped him, he paid attention to it. The second thing he did was he took away his sight. The Bible says that when he knocked him off that horse, he was blinded by a great light and then he was blind. See, the vision that you have right now in your life is not the vision that God wants for you. 
So he's taking away your sight. See, you don't even know right now. Sometimes when in, in life, you don't now, you don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. You're walking blindly right now. And God is saying, listen, I have a new purpose for you. I have a new vision for your life. The vision that you've been walking in is not the vision that I have ordained for your life. And so the first thing he did, he said he stopped him. The second thing he did, he blinded him. He was blind. He couldn't see anymore. Because he was on the wrong path. So he stopped him and then he blinded him. He said, listen, this vision is no longer the vision that I want for you to continue to walk in. God wants to give you a new vision for your life. As a new man, he wants to give you new vision. As a new woman, he wants to give you new vision. And then the third thing he did for him, the Bible says he led him by the hand. God sent Ananias, a man of God, to lead Saul by the hand. On this new journey, he had to find somebody to lead him by the hand. God wants to lead you by the hand. He wants you to take his hand so he can lead you on a new path. God will send somebody your very way, somebody that you, you may not even know, or somebody that's been praying for you for a long time to say, listen, I, I'm here to lead you on a new path. I'm, I'm here to lead you on the path that God has chosen for you. So he began to lead him by the hand. And sometimes if there's not a person, he can lead you by his Holy Spirit. He's, he, he's, when Jesus died, he left the Holy Spirit here to lead us by the hand. So God wants to lead you on a new journey, lead you by the hand so that you can go on the path that he has chosen for you. And then the fourth thing he did for him, he changed his name. Now, the first thing at first I thought, well, what, maybe is the name Saul a bad name? I thought it was a bad name, you know. And so I looked up the definition of the name uh, Saul. and It's not a bad name. And so at first I was thinking, uh, uh, you know, the, the name Saul means uh, for God. It means for God. So I was like, well, I don't need this point. I'm going to take this out. But the Holy Spirit no, said to me, no, don't take it out. I have something to show you in that. The reason why he changed his name from Saul to Paul is because Saul was associated with what he had done, with the persecution that he had done, with all the things he had, you know, he had ordered that Christians be killed. He had ordered that Christians be thrown in jail. He had uh, uh, arrested Christians in chains and took them to Jerusalem to be tortured. So God was saying, I no longer want to associate you with your old name. That name, you know, like in, you know, back in the day when I was young, there were people in the, in the neighborhoods that I lived in. Somebody might be called the player. Or somebody might be called Pookie or something. They had a name that it was so there was a guy I knew in the neighborhood. And he was he was always picking on people. He was always terrorizing the kids in the neighborhood. They, all the kids were afraid of him. Every time we would be around, we would be having fun. And then we would see Pookie coming. And we say, oh, man, here comes Pookie. Oh, trouble. Here comes Pookie. He's going to come. He's going to bother us. And we hated Pookie. We did not want to see Pookie coming because he, we knew that Pookie was getting ready to ruin our fun. You know, and there are names that we've been given while we were in the world that names that associated with something, you know, that that was bad. And so and, and, and we no longer go by those names anymore. You might they might have been calling you the Mac or they might be calling you something. Whatever that name is that you were given, God, you know, you don't go by that name anymore because it's associated with what you were doing and what you did. And so the, the, the name Paul means small. That's what the name means. And so I believe that God was saying, I want you to decrease so that I can increase in you. 
I'm, you're going to decrease. Paul is small, but God in you is big because Saul did some wonderful, great things. And so he changed his name to disassociate him from his past. And the last thing that I saw that he did is he restored his sight. He restored his sight. God gave Paul, he restored his sight. He gave him a new vision. Let's read about that. Let's read about that. We, it says here, it says, Brother Saul, regain your sight. At that very moment, Saul, Paul, Saul said, I could see him. Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one, Jesus, and hear him speak. He says he's chosen you to, to see him and to hear him. See, God not only wants you to be able to see him, he wants you to be able to hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. And so God gave, gave Saul his sight again. He gave him that. He took his sight away, but then he gave him his sight again and he gave him a new vision. Now, Saul is no longer Saul. Saul is now Paul, and Paul has a new vision for life. Saul is now a disciple of Jesus Christ, and now he used to be the one that persecuted the followers of the way. Now he's walking with the followers of the way. Now he is actually one of the disciples that is going out and building the church and building up the ministry of God. Now he has been transformed because God did a new thing in his life. God caused him to be a new man. He caused him to be a new man. And so we're, we're grateful to God that that's what God wants to do. He desires to make us into a new man and a new woman, just like he did brother Saul. He changed him from Saul to Paul and he gave him a new vision. Now Saul is going out and he's, uh, he's starting churches all over the place. He's starting churches everywhere. He's, he's also going and he's, he's, he, he wrote uh, letters to the church. And these letters are now part of the Bible. They're part of the New Testament. Saul himself wrote half of the New Testament because he wrote letters when he went and established churches in different places. He would write letters to them to encourage them to continue on the journey that he that that they were on. And so Saul made many disciples. He began to reach out to the Gentiles. God gave him the mission to reach out to the Gentiles and bring the Gentiles into the body of Christ. So God took this man, Saul, and completely transformed his life. He changed his name to Paul. He stopped him. He took his sight, changed his vision. He led him by the hand. He changed his name. He restored his sight and gave him a new a new vision. So today, my friends, God desires to do the same thing in your life. I believe that God wants to take you and make you into a new man, a new woman. God desires to transform your life, not just so that you can just be a Christian, not just so that you can be a believer, a follower of the way, but so that you can be a, 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 a disciple of Christ that is reconciling those that are lost, bringing them into the kingdom of God. We have a mission from God to go out and make disciples of all men and to teach them so that they can grow and they can walk in the purpose that God has ordained for them. God wants you 
to walk in the purpose that God has ordained for you. But in order to do that, you have to open up and allow the Lord to come in to transform your life. So here this man, Paul, just like God transformed his life, God wants to transform you today. And so what I want to do, as I always do, is I want to offer you the opportunity to allow Jesus to come into your heart and transform you. See, the, the beginning stages is you have to take one step. That step is to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Not because somebody is telling you to do it. You don't do it because someone said that they want you to do it or this person says they want you to do it. You do it because you feel the spirit of God pulling you and, and telling you it's time for you for your life to change. It's time for you to go on the new path that I have for you. You make the choice. And when you make the choice, then God will take the next step and come in and do exactly what he needs to do in your life. So if you're ready to make that transformation today, if you're ready to make that step today, and it doesn't mean that things are going to change overnight, but it means you're going to be on the road of change for your life. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Prayer is always necessary. Prayer is always good. If you're ready tonight, man of one, man of man of God, woman of God, I want you right now to just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I admit that I am a sinner and I need a savior. Come into my heart. Transform my life. Make me into a new man, a new woman. I believe your son Jesus came to the earth, was crucified, was resurrected on the third day, and now he sits on the right hand of God. Jesus, come into my heart. Have your way in me. Use me for your glory. Use my life. As a, as a, for the glory of God. Have your way in me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, if you chose today in your own heart to pray that prayer, you are now a part of the kingdom of God, of the body of Christ. And now God can begin to give you a new vision. And so, to, so I want to thank you for just tuning in tonight and I will be praying on your behalf. Listen, now at this point, you need to get connected to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where you can continue to grow in the Lord. So you, you, there's, you can't just go anywhere. You have to go somewhere where you know the Spirit of God is and where there you can, you can feel that that. Things are being taught in the correct way. You can even ask for a recommendation from someone that you might know. Or if you're in the, if you are in the Bremen area, you can come visit us at Kingdom Rock. Or you can just tune in with us, you know, by streaming every Sunday at 10 a.m. at KingdomRock.org. We have a wonderful man and woman of God that lead this ministry, Pastor Mark Shroud and Samiko Shroud. Wonderful, humble leaders that love the Lord. Real women and men and women of God in this place.
And so I want to thank you for just tuning in with us. I want you to continue to grow in the Lord, continue to go after God, seek after God, because God has something for you. God wants to transform you into a new man and a new woman. So thank you for tuning in tonight, and I'll see you next time for part three of The New Man. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.